0: Old Savannah's got Jesus in common with Laurel Branch. Old Savannah's got Jesus in common with Wilma. Vice versa. I'm glad we can come together and worship. Amen. Boy, I appreciate God moving tonight. I appreciate the Spirit of God helping us tonight. Boy, we needed that. And I don't want to leave here tonight without sharing what the Lord's put on my heart tonight. It's uh, thought in the Word of God. And as our children go back to school, as I was thinking on this, I I, I try not to tailor a message to what, the event of the service will be or what the atmosphere of the service will be, I try to just let God lead me in the way in which we should go. But God's led me in this way in Isaiah chapter number 6. I want to give you just a simple thought tonight. We'll try our best not to preach to you over two hours. Amen. So you can get home before 9 o'clock tonight. My wife's saying, yeah, right. Isaiah chapter number 6. When we look in the book of Isaiah, we find several different things. You find a great book in the Word of God. You find Old Testament prophecies and things that God fulfilled and things that come through and things that come about and things that God prophesied in this book that came to pass several years after. And you find things that help us even in this very day in this book you find in the first part of Isaiah in the first chapter there you find that verse of scripture that we quote many times where it says come let us reason together though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as so, and though they be be as crimson they shall be as wool you find that great verse of scripture and you get over here into into Isaiah chapter 5 and you read about a vineyard that the Bible speaks of that's been planted and it's been planted with a choice vine in in Isaiah 5 and 2 God built a tower in the midst of it and the Bible says He built a wine press He built everything that was needed but when the fruit came up there was a wild grape that came forth and you read about that representing the nation of Israel and Isaiah is looking in Isaiah chapter 5 and he looks at the nation of Israel and he sees the turmoil and the distress that she's in and God goes on down through there all through chapter 5 and he tells them about how that vineyard has been laid waste because it brought forth wild grapes it didn't produce the fruit that God would have it to produce and you read over there in verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 5 how hail hath enlarged itself and you go on down through there and he talks about the kindle a kindling of God's wrath and he talks about the roaring shall be like a lion talking and speaking about God's wrath throughout that chapter the whole part of Isaiah chapter 5 is speaking of the wrath of God on a disobedient and a gang slaying people but you come into Isaiah chapter number 6 and you find that God changes the scene around and there's something that happens in Isaiah chapter number 6 that is vastly different from anything you read about in chapter 5 and the Bible says in the year King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted it up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings and with twain he did cover his faith and twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried unto another and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke and I said woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean clean lips but look at this he said for mine eyes have seen the king hallelujah I'm going to read that again he said for mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this has touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged and I heard a voice from the Lord saying whom shall I sin and who shall go for us. Then said, I, here am I. Send me. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. allowing us to be here. God, allowing us to be in this service. allowing us, God, to be a part of these churches, God, tonight. Thank you, Lord, for them bringing their service, God, unto this place. And Father, we thank you tonight for the good spirit of God moving in this building. And God, I ask you tonight, Lord, Father, don't let it stop here. Don't let it stop now. Father, I ask you tonight, God, you continue to move. And God, I pray the wind of heaven continue to blow through this place. I pray, God, tonight you'd hide me behind the cross for this. in it. I, God, I pray when these people look behind this poor pill, God I pray they don't see me but God I pray they see you as Isaiah did I pray they see you God in your glory I pray they see you as you are as the king I pray tonight God that you would help us Lord each one Father out among this building among this congregation there are struggles and trials and things going on inside of us God I pray tonight God you would help each one and God that you would do for us God those things that we cannot do for ourselves Father I ask you tonight to touch our young people and God I pray tonight Lord they'd pay special attention Lord to what thus saith the word of God I pray Lord you'd remove the hindrances God from these young people tonight Remove every distraction God from them And God I pray you'd give them a special attention to what thus saith the Lord Father I ask you tonight God to speak to every heart, every mind and every soul and Father we'll give you the honor and the praise and the glory for all that you do in Jesus precious name Amen and Amen We find here in Isaiah chapter number 6 it goes from from chapter 5, a theme of judgment it goes from a theme of my friend the judgment of God coming upon a people to Isaiah seeing a scene that is likened to none other a scene of the glory of God and the Bible speaks of his train filling the temple and he gets on down there and he tells about the seraphims and them crying holy, holy, holy Isaiah distant short he's seen the glory of God and he's seen God's goodness and God's mercy and he's seen God's grace you see for God to go from telling about his judgment no doubt in Isaiah's mind he was looking for the judgment of God to strike them at any moment and at any instant. He was looking for God to step into the midst of that nation and for God to wipe them off the face of the earth because that's what they deserved and that's what God had said He was going to do. But you find there that God changes it around and before God pronounced judgment upon them, God showed them all His goodness and God showed them all His grace. God showed them all His mercy. God God said, "I am a holy God," and he showed him my friend just how good that he could be. And he goes down and he speaks, and the voice of him that cried, the Bible says, "Move the pillars of the post." And he goes on down into verse five. And when Isaiah seen this picture, and he seen my friend the glory of God, he said, "Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and dwelt among an unclean people." And I say to you this evening at the reason in our churches. We don't see people get under Holy Ghost conviction. It's because we're so far away from God. They don't ever get to where His glory is. You know why I told you when we got up here at first that we need to worship God and we need to kick the brakes off and let God move in our lives because we need our young people to see the glory of God. We need to see God set down in our services and God set down where we're at and the wind of heaven just begin to stir and begin to move around us. Amen. In the window of glory of God is present. Friend, there'll be something take place that I can't do. And something that'll take place that you can't do. And that's called conviction. That's the drawing power of God. Because when God gets in the midst, there's something about God. And it's called holiness. It's called perfection. It's called sinlessness. That demands repentance. And demands, friend, that you get right with God. You know why this world don't like Jesus? Because Say something about that name that demands repentance you know why they don't like prayer in school and they don't want you to carry a Bible because they something about that book They something about somebody praying that pricks the heart of a hardened sinner that woos them to repent of their sin and call upon the name of Jesus he said woe is me for I am undone if a sinner don't ever get around where the glory of God's at glory of God don't ever reveal them their loss they'll never see the need of salvation. Our young people are never going to get it until we get to the place that we realize uh, that it's time that we got our lives in order. I'm talking the older folks tonight right now. Uh, it's time we got our lives in order uh, and we got the place uh, where we get the glory of God on us. Uh, I mean, we need the power of God. Uh, I realize I can't fix this thing uh, and you can't fix this thing. Uh, honey, it's all I can do uh, just to keep myself. Uh, I sure can't keep anybody else. Uh, well, we need God uh, to move in our lives. Uh, we need God to overshadow us. Uh, we need God to just set down in the throne of our heart uh, and began to expound himself so much uh, that it pours out our ears, uh, pours out our eyes, uh, pours out our mouth. Uh, amen. Begins to flow down into your fingertips uh, and it began to head toward heaven. Uh, honey, it's time uh, that we got the glory of God about us uh, and we realize where we come from uh, and who we are. Uh, that we're not to anybody tonight, uh, but we're a heavenly people. Had uh, it to a heavenly home. Uh, did you get those songs they sung? Uh, it was about heaven. Uh, And it was about home. I don't know if you realize tonight just how close you are. But 1 Corinthians 15, he said in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, honey, that's just like that. We could be going home. We could be leaving here. We could be going to the place that we read about, heard about, sung about, preached about for so long. We could step foot into that place. But friend, tonight, there's many that are lost and undone. And I don't want to go without. I want to see God's glory in me. I want to see God's glory in you. Isaiah said, woe is me. I see in that a picture of somebody saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I see a picture of Isaiah. He'd heard about how God could. He'd heard about how God was going to, send judgment. But now he's seeing what God's fixing to do in his heart right now. And he begins to say, Woe is me! I am a man of unclean lips and a man of unclean people. He come under Holy Ghost conviction. And he begins to say there, For mine eyes have seen the King. Young people, listen to me. Your friends need to see the King in you. They need to see the King in you. But the only way they're ever going to see the king in you is if you've met the king. we got young people trying to live as Christians, but they ain't never met the king. Therefore, they ain't got no reason to live for God. They ain't got no reason to live godly in Christ Jesus. When we go to quoting them verses off, and go to tell them about the chastising hand of God. I go to talking about being a bastard, not a son. I go to talking about how you've been bought with a price. How you are the temple of the Lord. When you go to telling them verses, honey, they ain't nothing serves inside of them. Because they ain't never met the King. But Isaiah said, for mine eyes have seen the King. There was something happened in his life. Honey, he went from being a convicted sinner to meeting the king of all glory. He wasn't talking about King Uzzah. He started out talking about that king. Talking about an earthly king. He started talking about Uzziah. But friend, when he got down there to verse 5, he went on a little further. And he said, I have met the king with a capital K. The Lord of hosts. He's a king like none other." Isaiah met this king and the Bible says and then, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand which had taken with the tongues from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo, this has touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. After he met the king there was a work done in his life. And something happened. He took that coal and began to take his sin and iniquity, and it began to disappear. It wasn't there anymore. There's people that are trying to sing about being forgiven, yet they've never been forgiven because they've never met the King. I don't know if you see where I'm trying to go tonight or not. I'm trying to get you to understand young people and older folks alike that if we're going to do this thing, if we're going to be what we say we are, you've got to know who you're singing about. You've got to know who you're testifying about. You've got to know who you're trying to live for. Honey, if you don't know Him, you're just wasting your time. You're never going to get anywhere. You're going to find yourself back out in the same shape you was in. But when you meet the King, honey, all things are different. Them church folk at once was a bunch of hypocrites. They ain't a bunch of hypocrites anymore. Them folks, friend, that you didn't like, honey, all of a sudden you begin to love them. That church that you said was too loud and too obnoxious. And they done too much. Honey, you'll find out when you meet the King of all glory. And He begins to swell up in your soul. There'll be something inside of you that you cannot contain. And it won't be that hard living for Him anymore. Because you know Him. And because you know Him, friend. It's just second nature to be a Christian. And to be saved by the grace of God hard to live for somebody try to pattern yourself after a life that you do not know about isaiah met the king and his sins have been forgiven you know why we don't rejoice because we forget that we've been forgiven we forget how much we've been forgiven i look across this building tonight and there's people of all walks of life people from all ends of the county even different counties but here tonight there's people, and if we were to take all of our sins that we've been forgiven, we'd begin to heap them up tonight. Honey, this building could not contain the things that we have done. This uh, this whole entire place that we've got, every piece of property that old Savannah Baptist Church owns, uh, could not contain the sin that we have heaped up. Uh, one upon another, upon another, upon another. Uh, but when the Lord Jesus came to where we was, uh, we got convicted of our sin. Uh, realized we was lost and undone without Him. Uh, and we accepted His forgiveness I uh, Accepted the finished work of Calvary. Uh, accepted the blood of Jesus as a payment for our sin. Uh, honey, there was something took place uh, that we cannot explain. Uh, but all we know is it ain't there anymore. Uh, those sins that we committed, uh, they ain't hid up in a bag. Uh, they ain't cast as far as the east is from the west. Uh, they ain't even in the deepest part of the sea. Uh, but honey, he, the book of Hebrews uh, chapter number 10, uh, he said your sins and iniquities, uh, I will remember no more. Uh, that means they're gone. Uh, that means they ain't to be found that means there ain't no record of them anymore Satan may try to bring them up but honey I want you to know tonight God does not remember what you done those sins are gone and my friend I don't know about you but that's something worth praising him over that's something worth giving him glory for that he took my sins which were scarlet and he washed them whiter than snow I didn't deserve that and you didn't either but I'm glad that's called the grace of God God done something for us that we could not do for ourselves. If you ever listen to me pray, I pray a lot of times, and I say, God, do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Because I believe there's certain things that we can do for ourselves, and God expects us to do them. I mean, God give us a vehicle. God give us two good legs. God give us two good arms. God give you a valid driver's license when you probably didn't even deserve that least when those come to church and praise His name, ain't it? He? Amen. amen. Hey, some of you in here, you didn't deserve a valid driver's license. You ought to say amen. That's the truth. If you'd have got caught doing what you did, you wouldn't have one. But by God's mercy, you've still got a driver's license. Hey, somebody ought to shout on that. Praise be unto God that God allowed you to be able to drive yourself to the house of God and get in God's house and see God's glory and meet that king and be forgiven of your sin and be able to just go to meeting and worship Him. He goes on down there. After he's seen the glory of God, he's met the king He's been forgiven of his sins. Then he says, and this is what I want to touch on tonight, and I want you young people to listen for just a minute. I'm not going to be long. I'm almost done. I just want to give you this last thought, and we're going to close, and we're going to pray with you. In Verse 8, he said, And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And Who will go for us? I mean, God just done a marvelous, supernatural work in Isaiah's life. God took him. From chapter 5, being in the judgment of God, being a part of a nation that was in the judgment of God, to chapter 6, seeing the great glory of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. Being able to see the King of, of glory, the Lord of hosts, being forgiven of his sin. He got saved by the grace of God, in case you ain't got that yet. And then, the Lord says, Whom shall I see, and who will go for us? I can just see Isaiah. I can just see a picture of him that he's just had something take place in his life that's beyond what he can even begin to comprehend. When he got saved, that's the way it was, wasn't it? It was something beyond what you could even comprehend at that very moment. But you knew that there was a change that had started on the inside and was beginning to work its way out. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old man was crucified with Christ. And the new man was resurrected in the likeness of his resurrection. You became, my friend, like unto him. From the inside out. And then all of a sudden, Isaiah hears this voice. He's trying to comprehend all that's been done. And he hears this voice says, Whom shall I see? Who will go for us? You know what Isaiah does? Here am I. Here am I. Send me. Lord, I don't know if you've seen my hand, but here I am. Send me. Because something had taken place in his life. Something supernatural. God had saved him by the grace of God. And all of a sudden, he wants to do something for God. There's some young people in here. I want to tell you tonight, they may have taken prayer out of school by the teachers leading it, but they ain't taking prayer out of school by you kids leading it. That's right. That's right. That's right. They may have—they may say you can only meet at the flagpole once a month, but they ain't no law that says you can't meet there every day. Students, if you'll get God inside of you and you'll get so much of it in you uh, that you're willing to say, "Here I am, uh, send me, uh, honey." You can go out there to that flagpole every single morning if you want to at Smoky Mountain High School. Uh, uh, or whatever elementary school you go to you can gather at that flagpole and they ain't one thing they can do to stop you. I'm looking for some young people. I believe God's looking for some young people that will say here I am Lord. Let me lead up the flagpole prayer this year. Let me get out there every single morning and pray for them other thousand students that's in that high school that need to be saved by the grace of God. I'm looking for some young people that will say here I am Lord. I realize there's drugs in our halls. I realize fornication and I realize Lord that they're cussing down every hall I realize that they're full of sin I realize that the majority of them have never heard about Jesus but here I am Lord seeing me let me go up there with God on my lips let me go in there with a touch of God on me let me go in there and bless your holy name and give you glory honor and praise let me be the one that stands out there and stands out from the crowd for the glory of God Kids, I want you to know. We talk about prayer being out of school, but the only reason prayer is out of school, the parent, the teachers just can't initiate it. Kids, you can pray all you want to. Now you may have a mean teacher if you want to pray before a test, and they may say, no, we're not going to allow that. But if you want to bow your head silently and begin to pray, you're at liberty to do that. But you know what that's going to take? That's going to take God dwelling in your heart. That's going to take a want to inside of you. What I'm preaching to you tonight, it ain't going to be the easiest thing you've ever done it's probably going to be the hardest thing you've ever done to stand amongst 30 other students uh, or to get out there by that flagpole uh, with everybody else coming into that school uh, and to be able to pray and lift up the name of Jesus. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. uh, But honey, I want you to know that Jesus will bless you uh, beyond measure. Uh, Hey, God could do a work in this county. Uh, God could start in our high school. Uh, God could start in our elementary schools Uh, by one student, uh, by one young person uh, standing up for the glory of God uh, and saying, here I am Lord just send me I'll go I'll tell them about Jesus if mom and daddy won't Lord I'm willing I want to go and tell them about what I've got the next thing that God told Isaiah after he said here I am send me God and he said unto, and he said go and tell this people go and tell them there's no law that says you can't carry this book into your school." There's no law. There have been teachers, there's been principals, there's been schools that have said that you could not carry this book. But the Supreme Court itself, as liberal, as ungodly as they are, still have ruled that you can carry this book, young people. Over there in Psalms chapter 119, he said, this is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Over there in Proverbs Proverbs chapter number 1. He said, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. First thing you young people's going to face when you go back to school is somebody trying to get you to do something you know you ought not be doing. Amen. There's somebody going to be trying to get you to do something you know that God ain't pleased with. You. But I believe if you'll take this blessed old Bible and you'll fold it up under your arm, you'll put that backpack over your shoulder, Every time you hear one of them dirty jokes that you used to chime in on, you realize that you've got something under your arm. It's more than just a textbook. It's more than just a history book, but it's a living Word of God. You would realize it's a light of your path and a lamp under your feet. Honey, there'll be something inside of you that says, here I am, Lord. Send me. You walk into your classroom and they may not want you to open it up. It may be disturbing the classroom, but you can lay that down on your desk. Legally, you can do this. Legally. You can lay that book down on your desk. If they give you free reading time, you've got every right to open this blessed book. And you know that our First Amendment of our Constitution, the right to free speech, still stands as of right now. So that means if you're talking at the lunch table You don't have to be talking about whose boyfriend is who and whose girlfriend is this and you don't have to be talking about who's got the biggest tires on their truck. You can use that time to tell them about Jesus. You can use that time to tell them about the love of God. You can use that time to tell them about an old rugged cross and about Jesus dying there. You can use that time to give your testimony. Over there the Bible speaks about that leper man he was healed and, and he goes on and the Bible says and he went to the priest to testify unto them. He told them what Jesus had done for him. What Jesus had done. You know what? There's something about a testimony. It's almost like preaching a two hour message when somebody gives their testimony. Just about how God saved an old holy sinner, how God done something in their life. Young people, I encourage you. You practice giving that testimony practice giving it not just inside the church you can give it every Sunday if you want to but you practice outside of these walls uh, telling this world what Jesus done for you. Uh, You may not know enough of the Bible yet to be able to take them down the Romans road or tell them in the the book all these different things and ever to answer their question Uh, but honey if you can tell them your testimony with a tear in your eye with a touch of God on your voice uh, they will be something that I guarantee you will prick the heart of that sinner Uh, and they'll never forget what you told them. Uh, If they see a change in your life, Uh, they'll see something different about you. Uh, Honey, it'll do something for them that you won't even be able to explain yourself. They just something about hearing about somebody getting saved that convicts a lost sinner. Boy, I remember when I was lost, I hated for people to testify. Showed me again how lost I was. When people began to testify about how they felt the Lord dealing with them, how they gave their life to Jesus. Boy, there's something inside of me that said, you ain't got that. You can't do that. You may do it, but it ain't real. Boy, I'm glad when you get saved by the grace of God, God gives you a testimony you can rejoice in. You can shout in. You can glory in because of who it is and who it's of. Here I am. Send me. I believe the Lord's saying these young people tonight, Who shall we sing? Who will go? You see, I wish I could roll back time about 12 years and step back into the halls of Smoky Mountain High School. I wish I could step back in 11, 12 years ago as a junior in high school and walk back down them halls. I wish I could carry a handful of gospel tracts in one hand, a bag full of Bibles in the other. But I can't can't go back but I can preach to some young people I can encourage you and I can take every means possible within my power for you to step into those schools and do what nobody's done in years nobody's done it in years the reason prayer is out of school brother Landy is because of us it's because of us because we quit praying with them at home, so they, ain't, they don't know how to pray anywhere else. They don't know how to pray out loud. All they know is you bow your head and say amen when they get done praying, but they really don't know how to pray. Young people, you can change this generation. God told young, Paul told young Timothy over there, he said, let no man despise thy youth. You may be 11, 12, 13 on up into your teenage years, but I want you to know God can use you just as much as he can me or anybody else in this building, if not more. God can use you in 2016. God can take what you do for him and what you give to him and your obedience to the Spirit of God. God can turn a high school upside down. God can turn an elementary school upside down. Here I am. Lord, send me. I wonder tonight. Who'll go? I wonder not who will be willing to step out of the boat, step out of the bounds of your flesh. You can't do it in your flesh. I wonder who'd be willing to step out of the bounds of their flesh and say, "Lord, I'll go." And Lord, I'll do what is not going to be convenient. Lord, I'll do what's not going to be politically correct. I'll do what's not going to be popular among my friends. But Lord, I believe. You said go and tell, so I'm going to go. While everybody stands, and every, eye, every head's bowed, every eyes closed, I get Miss Jordan and Colton to come to the piano. <laughs> every head bows, never eyes closed. I want you to think about it right now, young people. Would there be one of you in here tonight? You'd be willing to step out of your pew. You'd be willing to step out of your pew tonight. You feel like God's speaking to you. You know that you're saved. You know that you've been in Calvary. You know that you've met the King. But you feel like God's speaking to you. You want to come down this altar and say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord seeing me. Would you step out of your pew tonight? Would you be willing tonight to do something that's out of the ordinary? I realize what I preach has been just a little different. We got down here at the end, you don't hear something like that preached very often encouraging you to pray in school encouraging you to be a leader for the cause of Christ we're going to see things turn around it's going to take some people stepping out of the boat saying here I am Lord seeing me would you be willing young people God's done a lot for you saved you by the grace of God you didn't deserve that. God give you a good mom. God give you a good daddy. God's blessed you beyond measure tonight. God's blessed you beyond compare. God's blessed you in so many ways. Would you be willing tonight in the prime of your life to sell out to him? Romans 12, 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. Would you be willing? Not God speaking to you. Step out. And say, "Here I am, Lord. Send me."
1: Seems like all I could see was the struggle. All Haunted by ghosts that lived in my past.
0: Would you come? Would you come?
1: Bound up in shackles of all my failures. Wondering how long is this gonna last?
0: Young people would just die. Can you, and step you out look
1: at, you? at this prisoner? Here I am, Lord, me. son. Stop you can't fighting make a, difference. a fight that's already you can't been won.
0: But are you willing
1: to? Because I am redeemed. And you set me free. All right, y'all. So I'll shake off the heavy chains wipe away every stain cause I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed all my life I had been called unworthy named by the voice of my shame and regret But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. Cause I am redeemed and you set me free. Shake off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain Cause I'm not who I used to be Because I don't have to be The old man inside of me Cause her days is long dead and gone I've got a new name A new life I'm not ashamed And a hope that will carry me home Cause I am redeemed And you set me free So I'll shake off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain Cause I'm not who I used to be Cause I am redeemed Seems like all I could see was the struggle haunted by ghosts that lived in my past bound up in shackles of all my failures wondering. How long is this going to last? Then you look at this prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting a fight that's already been won, because I am redeemed. Cause I'm not who I used to be, be. I am retained i hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. Because I am redeemed, and you set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be, because I don't have to be the old man inside of me, because her days is long dead and gone, because I've got a new name, a new life, I'm not ashamed, and a hope that will carry me home, I am redeemed, and you set me free. chains wipe away every stain. Cause I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed.